ShareCare is the leading online health and wellness engagement platform, providing millions of consumers with a personal, results-oriented experience by connecting them to the most qualified health resources and programs they need to improve their health. It's time now for ShareCare Radio on RadioMD.com. Here's your host, Dr. Daria. Hi, welcome back. This is Dr. Daria. Every month, I know you hear a lot in the news about health information. Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it may leave you with more questions and answers. So to help you with that, I have with me here Dr. Sanjay Gupta. We're going to do our monthly second opinion segment. Now, of course, he needs no introduction, but just in case, Sanjay Gupta is CNN's chief health correspondent. He's the author of multiple New York Times bestselling books. He's a practicing neurosurgeon practicing. He was in the OR yesterday. And most importantly for me, as the mom of one daughter, he is the father to three daughters. So Sanjay, thank you so much for joining us as always. Thank you very much. And I totally agree with your priorities. That is that is the most important thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And no matter what you do in life, they probably, they think that you being their dad is the most important one. And uh, hopefully you'll be sometimes cool. I know I'm probably not very cool to my daughter. You know, my kids are doing career day, and they, they often ask for scrubs and, and hats and, you know, masks and stuff like that. I love that. They, you know, who knows what they'll grow up to be, but it's nice that yes. they seem to respect the careers right now. That's wonderful. That's very fantastic. Now, our first topic we're going to be talking about is one that I know you as a practicing neurosurgency, I definitely see it as an emergency room doctor. And that's the yeah. same topic. You and I have talked about it before. And I know we'll keep talking about that. And that's the really the opioid epidemic that we have going on in this country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think part of the reason I think uh, we gravitate toward this topic, uh, Daria, is, is because, you know, I think there's so many problems that we see in medicine that are, that are really just really challenging to solve. They don't have obvious answers. And what so sort of strikes me about this opioid problem, and opioids are painkillers, you know, the Oxycontins, mm-hmm. the hydro, hydrocodones, Percocets, um, is that we have sort of manufactured this epidemic of using these pills mm-hmm. in this country, and it's the number one cause of preventable death, you know, injury-related death that, uh, you know, from these prescription mm-hmm. medications in America today. More people die mm-hmm. like this than from car accidents. And I think that mm-hmm. that's why I... Um, I'm sort of astounded by this topic. I feel like it's one of it's it's a it's a issue that we've created. It's mm-hmm. awful, but but I, it also feels very fixable, and that's why mm-hmm. I think you and I like to talk about it. It's so true. It's you know it is something that I really truly believe we can fix. And I I'd love your opinion. I was doing some. I was just looking at this the other day, and it was talking about how in the U.S., you know, for us, I know we have these pain scales, and they are wonderful because it is crucial that you pay attention to somebody's pain and that we not leave you sitting in pain. But to what extent has that driven in this belief that we need to eradicate somebody's pain immediately? To what extent has that contributed, do you think, to the opioid epidemic? Uh, it's 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 contributed a lot, I think. And look, um, I think I'm older than you are, Daria, but I think it's safe to say that we had similar well, thank training. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. <laughs> I you know can I'm have older than you. I do look a lot older than you. <laughs> but the uh, the no, you know, I, I think you remember though the the fifth vital sign. Mm-hmm. You measure heart rate, you measure breathing and blood pressure and temperature, and this was the fifth vital sign. Even if someone mm-hmm. came in for uh, non-pain related thing, a cold or mm-hmm. something like that to the ER, uh, the fifth vital sign was taken. What is your pain? Patients mm-hmm. were asked, even if they didn't know that they really had pain or they weren't <laughs> thinking in terms of mm-hmm. pain. And, and then the second part of that was, let us make sure that you have absolutely no pain. 
We have mm-hmm. the ability to do that through these powerful pain medications. Mm-hmm. And by the way, as we were told, there is really no adverse effects. There's really no risk of addiction. There's really no risk of overdose. So why not? Mm-hmm. And you hear these stories, I know you do, and I, and I do about people going in for simple dental procedures or whatever yeah. procedures and walking out with, you know, a month's supply of Vicodin or something like that. Yes. And mm-hmm. you think, I don't need all this Vicodin. It's ridiculous. It's going to sit mm-hmm. in my medicine cabinet. Maybe I'll save it for another for another mm-hmm. time. That is not the way it's supposed to be. It was never supposed to be that way, and yet that is uh, we have accepted that as just being the norm in this country. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's in this country. You know, other countries don't have that degree of focus on it, and they don't have this problem, do they? No, not not by a long shot. And mm-hmm. and I'm not just talking about you know. I mean, we we're I'm talking about developed countries around the world. If you look at the the percentage of of prescription opioids that we use. In, this, uh, in the United States, you know, we being 5% of the world's population, we're taking 75 to 80% of the world's pain pills. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a mind-boggling number. I, I, I don't know at what point we, we sort of crossed this, crossed this uh, incredible threshold, mm-hmm. but over the last several decades, something happened where we just said we're making all these pills and the vast majority of them three-quarters of them are being consumed in one country that makes up only 5% of the world's population. I just don't know at what point somebody didn't look at that and say that there's a red flag in there. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we're paying the price for this with, with lives. Mm-hmm. A person dying every 19 minutes of an accidental overdose. So it just, it just, it's mind-boggling. We'll look back, I think, Dr. Daria, 100 years from now and say, we got, we got that one so wrong. Mm-hmm. We, we, it, may be, it may be because of you know, good interests. You know, I, I think alleviating pain is obviously a very, a very worthwhile goal. But for whatever reason, we, we really cross this threshold into dangerous and deadly territory. Yeah, it's true. And I think it's so interesting. It, it is da- dangerous and deadly is so true. And I think as far as, you know, the why or what to do next, you know, physicians, of course, physicians and you know, nurse practitioners, nurse practitioners, PAs, providers, we play a role because we are the ones prescribing them. But we're not right. the only ones. It, there, there's, it's multifactorial here. I know that some of those initial research into the pain scales, a lot of those research studies and the safety of these narcotics were funded by the pharmaceutical companies making the narcotics, promoting a Yeah, that. that, that. That, that is absolutely true, and you know, even some of these societies, you know, the American Pain Society, I believe, mm-hmm. and American Pain Foundation, you know, one of those is, mm-hmm. you know, largely funded by by the pharmaceutical companies that mm-hmm. make these pain medications, mm-hmm. and um, you wouldn't know that by the name of the particular organization, which mm-hmm. I always find very interesting. Yeah. Insurance companies would prefer, I think, that um, people write a prescription for a pill versus yeah. what can be a more expensive types of non-opioid therapies, you know, physical therapy, yeah. uh, pain shots, nerve blocks, right. things like that. It's, it's so um, true. It was what insurance, yeah. what does insurance pay for? They pay for a narcotic as opposed to, right. like you said, the physical therapy. It's really hard. you got to get a referral and figure out and maybe you get three sessions for it versus you can get a prescription for 120 oxycodone just like that. It's, it's it's incredible. So it, you're right. It's absolutely it's absolutely multifactorial. I, I do agree though as well with what you said though that the physicians ultimately mm-hmm. were the ones are the ones who who write the prescriptions and mm-hmm. and you know I yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a doc in this country. You are I you know I, I hate to sort of single out the docs specifically, but I do think they they have to shoulder a lot of the blame here for two reasons. Again, one being that they write the prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Two is 
when you go back and you look at some of the initial scientific data that fueled all of this, it really, one of the papers was, was a very tiny paper. It was based on just 38 patients, and this is back in 1986, so 30 years ago, uh, 38 patients that uh, basically said, yeah, you can give this, these medications to long-term to people without mm-hmm. cancer. Before that, it was just basically for people with cancer who were near the end of their lives. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, this really tiny paper comes out, and you know, people just glum onto it, and they think, well, this, this solves mm-hmm. everything. Now we can use these medications without any, any with impunity, without any yes. concern. Mm-hmm. And, and that's on us a little bit. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. can't, uh, we can't just take a small paper like that and throw out an entire paradigm with no. regard to how we take care of patients. And so uh, unfortunately, it fit a really good narrative, right? Wow, this solves mm-hmm. a lot of problems. I'll just write right. these prescriptions. My patients will be happy. I'll mm-hmm. be happy. Uh, it, it doesn't work that way. Right. And it's tough. You know, I'm sure you have the same thing. Patient satisfaction is a big factor now. And I want my patients to be comfortable and just and not have pain. But hospitals themselves are also driven by what is your patient satisfaction rate? Yeah, you know, I mean, this is this is kind of an incredible point. And, and not only do hospitals care, but a lot of physicians uh, now part of their reimbursement is based mm-hmm. on those patient satisfaction scores. Mm-hmm. So you get into a situation, and it's not just painkillers; it could be, you know, somebody coming in for with a clearly a viral related uh-huh. illness who says, <laughs> you, you're, "You're familiar with this." Mm-hmm. Yes. They want antibiotics, and Dr. Yes. Daria, if you don't give me antibiotics, you know, you're not a very good doctor, and I'm not going to give you a good score. Right. And that's they're so disappointed. People are so yeah. they said, "Well, I came in for an antibiotic, and you're not giving me one." And so what do we so feel about that? It's, it's, it's really because you, you, you want, like you said, you want your patients to be happy, mm-hmm. but giving them an antibiotic, uh, first of all, is, is, is not going to treat a viral illness. No. Second of all, it could make them sick. And third of all, yes. it's bad for society. And yet you want to make your patient happy. So you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're balancing your patient who's convinced that they need an antibiotic with mm-hmm. all these other things. And by the way, your compensation depends, or at least in part depends, on their mm-hmm. happiness. Yes. I, I, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky mm-hmm. for all physicians, I think. It does. And it takes, I think, it takes education. So it, it does mean... I, I could just write in that prescription in about two seconds and be done with it or sit down for five minutes and talk to them. I try to do the right. latter. It's sometimes it's a lot harder sometimes, you know, in the ER. And I'm sure you have the same issue having to see the next patient. It's harder to get that always in. But that's, I think, one of the key things. And then also educating consumers so they're not expecting the antibiotic in the first place. Yep, I, I, absolutely, and 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 I think you and I try and do that through you know through through media to some mm-hmm. extent, and people do listen, um, but a lot of times it ends up being well, look, you know, I've had, uh, it's for my kid or it's for you know it's for a loved one, mm-hmm. and can you please just do this, uh, you, you know, some, yeah. something else, you know, that that you know, please please allow it to happen this one mm-hmm. time, right? Because. I think I really do think that this is going to make me feel better because right. this viral illness has lasted, you know, mm-hmm. three or four days, and I need to get right. o- get it over with. And they don't realize that by giving the antibiotic, uh, you're not ex- actually accelerating their rate of approval. Right. They were going to they were going to get better anyway. it's but, true. But now they believe it. Yeah. Well, and so. it's true. And now that we're seeing more, we've seen this recent, with the fluoroquinolones. That it is some ways easier now. I explain to my patients, you know, this antibiotic, these antibiotics are not just like the opioids. None of them are foolproof safe. Fluoroquinolones, right. azithromycin—they all are starting to get you know different black box warnings, and so yep. 
people start to understand, if you start to present them as a data point, I think it's helpful. What do you, speaking of presenting with data points, what do you want to tell our listeners? Say there's people out, uh, any of our listeners, who've gotten a prescription for a large number of opioids. Yeah. I know I've, I always kind of tell people to be cautious. I don't, you know, I warn all my patients about the dangers of opioids. What would you tell our listeners? Well, it, it, you know, it's, it's um, I think you really just have to sit down and ask yourself, do you, do you really need these pills? Mm-hmm. Do you really need to take these opioids? Are you, are you having that sort of pain? I mean, there can be legitimate mm-hmm. uses, certainly after an injury mm-hmm. or trauma or after an operation for opioids, but do you really need them? And second of all, you know, there, there is a, a, there's a certain amount of pain that sometimes accompanies things that we experience in life, mm-hmm. you know. It's mm-hmm. tough sometimes to medicate away all your pain. And mm-hmm. I think in some ways, I'll tell you, and this is almost more of a philosophical answer, Daria, you know, I think that that notion of medicating away whatever ails us, um, that's not strictly American, but it's very American. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that it's it's a larger problem right? when you when you're starting to take these types of pills and again i do not in any way mean to to minimize what may be very legitimate pain for some people right there, there are some people, people yeah absolutely which is why it's, we're talking yeah. about this because it's important to not go the opposite direction as we are seeing some people say that well this state won't allow the er to prescribe narcotics at all that you know we don't want to swing the opposite direction because there are legitimate uses for these so yes absolutely yeah, and, and, and what I've said, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing. So, so, I mean, to answer your question, I think that we absolutely need to have, um, people need to ask, do, do I really need to take that many mm-hmm. pain pills? Uh, uh, can I take the lowest mm-hmm. uh, dose for the shortest amount of time? Mm-hmm. And, you know, is, is it something that's really uh, rising to the level of a narcotic? Do I need to be taking a narcotic poppy-based, mm-hmm. opium-based medication for this pain, or maybe mm-hmm. will a short course of anti-inflammatories, mm-hmm. massage, physical therapy, mm-hmm. something like that help. You will mm-hmm. feel better. You will recover more quickly. Mm-hmm. Your body won't rebel against you as much if you don't mm-hmm. take these pills. And again, yes. I, I, I know that there's probably people listening who say, I take these pills, I need these pills. Right. Yes, there are some people. But i got to tell you that we haven't made much progress in developing new pain pills, new pain therapies for these patients out there who, who mm-hmm. do have legitimate pain. We have not come up with good medications that can uncouple great analgesia away from addictive potential. Mm-hmm. We, we, people deserve that. Why should yes. we be able to, to credibly give people pain relief without risking uh, dependence yeah. and possibly risking addiction? people. It's, it's, and, it's so what, and what really strikes me, I'll just tell, I'm sorry, but, but what just really strikes me is that people who start taking these things after a while, even within five to seven days, you can have symptoms of withdrawal mm-hmm. if you stop taking them. And what that means is if you stop taking them, having taken them for five to seven days, you will feel uncomfortable. You'll feel uneasy. You may get sick to mm-hmm. your stomach. You'll feel fatigued. And then you'll mm-hmm. continue to take them. Why are you taking mm-hmm. them? Not to alleviate pain, not to get euphoria, but to somehow feel normal or to feel right. not sick. That's dependence. Mm-hmm. Yes. You no longer take them to feel good. You take them to not feel bad. And that's, that's, it, that's, that's a scary, bad situation. You, said, you exactly said what I, was, you, what I was thinking, is that it doesn't take very long and that you know, just pills for five to seven days, it, just that short period of time, it's already rewiring your brain to the point That's that right. your brain expects that to feel just okay. So you're right. I, I've had a couple of surgeries myself, and I remember each time getting a lot more narcotics than I, I needed. 
And I was pretty right. surprised. And I get it. You know, my doctor didn't want me sitting there in pain and then having to call the doctor's office, go pick up the prescription, go to the pharmacy, all the while being in pain. So I know, I understand physicians, you probably want to give a little bit more than they need. But then, you know, I really tried to think, you know, can I take ibuprofen or anti-inflammatories? Can I just take acetaminophen, hot pads, massage, acupuncture? There are so many other things. And that's what I tell everybody is, is try those other things first. And then right. here's your prescription for narcotics. You take this only when you've tried the other things and those moments where they fail to take the edge off. Because narcotics don't also help the original problem. They just mask it. They mask it and, and they, they slow down many things in your body. You mm-hmm. get constipated. You're yes. lethargic. You, you, you don't want to eat. You may get nauseated mm-hmm. from taking the pills. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's a strong, strong medication. And I think mm-hmm. that um, it, because of the, the all that we talked about with the fifth vital sign and being asked about mm-hmm. narcotics and making them so freely available, I think sometimes people forget how strong a, a medication this is. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's okay. opium. It's opium. <laughs> if I'm telling you that I'm giving you opium, yeah, wait a second. It's, I'm not sure exactly. I really need opium here. But it's, it's the same mechanism as heroin. It's the same, it's the same receptor mechanism in as your heroin. brain. Yes. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. 80% of new heroin users start off using pain pills for yeah, that exact reason, Dr. Daria. It's the same, it's the same mechanisms and the same active ingredients. It's, it's so amazing. It's really the gateway drug So, for that. Wow. Sanjay, thank you. Thank you for that wrapping up of uh, opioids. I wish we had wrapped up the issue and solved it for the world. But, uh, well, I think, I, think, I think we're helping, and I really uh-huh. appreciate you, you continuing to talk about this. I, I think that I, I've had an, I mean, we did this town hall, as you know, and then last oh, week yes. with Anderson, and uh, the CDC has released new guidelines on this. Some people say it's been a long time coming. Where have you been? Mm-hmm. Uh, the FDA has new guidelines on this. These medications will now come with these black box warnings. The CDC is saying that, look, these medications should never be a first-line therapy for chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Tr- mm-hmm. You, the, you don't go to this first. This, you go to this as if nothing else is working. Mm-hmm. And then if you do go to it the shortest amount of time, the lowest possible dose, mm-hmm. I, I think the days where you're going to walk out of a, a doctor's office or a clinic or, or even an emergency room with 30, 60, 90 mm-hmm. even pills, I think those days are going to come to an end. Yeah, Anderson true. Cooper, even when we were hosting a town hall, said he had just had something, and he, he walked out with, uh, I think he said 70 or 80 Percocet, a prescription wow. for that. That's true. I, that, that's insane. It's, it's, it's insane. You know, it, that's, that's at least a month's worth. It could, you know, Absolutely. depending on how many you're taking. And uh, it's, just, it's just really not necessary. And he took no. one. And that was all he needed. Yeah. Dr. Sanjay Gupta, thank you. Thank you for helping encapsulate this issue about the opioid epidemic. Everyone, if you're listening, again, if you've been prescribed them yourself, ask your doctor what else you can take that's not a narcotic to help with your symptoms. Of course, follow us if you have any questions. Tweet Dr. Sanjay Gupta at Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Tweet me at Dr. Daria and follow us at ShareCare Inc. You're listening to ShareCare Radio on Radio MD. Thanks for listening and stay well.